morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, everybody. Uh, greet y'all in the name, awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Leslie Sharon Hayes here this morning, your host, this one, the School of Healing Virtual Wellness Center. On this Sunday morning, October the 2nd, 2022, as we continue to strive and aim and build the future of optimal overall wellness, that's a spiritual wellness and physical wellness, emotional wellness, financial wellness, occupational wellness, environmental wellness, and social wellness. We claim it and, and, and declaring it all this morning because we're building on the foundation that has already been laid, but taking an inventory and an exploration of all of the biblical principles concerning health, looking into that perfect law of liberty. And for 10 months now, we have continued to pursue this future goal that God has dropped upon us or blessed us and, 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 and mandated that we uh, partake or go on this journey. And this is a journey. It's not going to happen overnight. Adjustments, we are reprioritizing. A lot of things have to be adjusted and changed if we are going to receive or the result is going to be a better future for all of us involved, even, even in the areas that we're looking at will all improve because we were here, amen, and we're learning, we're opening up the word of God and we're exploring this rich reservoir of so much wisdom and knowledge of how we can maintain these temples that really don't belong to us, they belong to God, and how to eliminate and how to get rid of anything that's not to be consumed, anything that's not to be in there that God did not give us, amen, that works against us, amen, works against our health, our quality of life, we release it, we dismiss it right now. Anything that tries to come in and take higher precedent than what God has declared uh, to be so in these temples, amen. And so we ask the Father to give us for every violation, amen, every, every amen, wrong choice or, 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 or less than a better choice that we could we could make out of pure, just pure ignorance, things we didn't know we couldn't do. And now that we know there are things that we now know how to do. So we give God praise going on this morning for that. And for you all this morning as we open up the, the perfect law of liberty and explore. Amen. Uh, as we move forward, better choices that we can make, healthy choices. And as we look at the consequences for both, we got good consequences, we got bad consequences. So we're going to take a look at them. Amen. Amen. Because we do want to, number one, please God. And number two, we want to be good stewards over these bodies, over these temples. Amen. That God has allowed us to live in <clears throat> without spot or without wrinkle is our goal and our aim. And we know that is a major task, but we have help. We have destruction of the word that was written for our learning. That we may be able to strive and aim to please God and righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That we may be accepted God and approved of men. So this is what it's all about. This was written and given to us for our learning. <clears throat> that we would not have to ignorantly worship or serve God. We would know how to live a better life of longevity and health and wealth. Amen. That the Lord has written in the word for us to learn. All right, then. We'll praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, this morning, we're going to pick up uh, our study. Uh, we have been talking about gluttony. Amen. And um, we're going to move forward. Uh, how to overcome gluttony was what we talked about last week. And we said that gluttony uh, is a huge umbrella when it comes down to uh, the scripture. We explored the scripture. We looked at some things. And we said gluttony not just food, but it was anything that we indulged in. Amen. And then kind of like in an unfavorable way, you know, we overdid it. We went too far. Amen. And that could be anything. That could just be anything. Amen. Said unacceptable. I'm, you know, you know you're going too far, but you say, nope, I ain't going to stop. I like this. I enjoy this. I'm going to keep going. And it gets into gluttony, which gets into idolatry, which gets into rebellion, which gets into witchcraft, and now it gets into what totally not a available to please God <clears throat> and we end up getting stuck there and sometimes it brings death sometimes it brings a lifelong sickness uh, and illness and afflictions on us amen and we do reap what we sow and so today we want to take a look here at uh, School of Healing this morning wellness uh, virtual wellness center uh, we want to take a look at healthy and unhealthy choices and how they have consequences. 
that we probably have some good idea, general idea about this subject matter. But we're going to explore it a little bit more today from the uh, from the uh, biblical standpoint. Been around, the Bible been around a long, long time. A lot have been written over the over the, the generations and years, and it just doesn't seem like human beings have really gravitated to to it or haven't stuck with it or haven't followed it or haven't done a very good job of even exploring it and just finding out, you know, it's, I'm doing this or I'm doing that or am I not doing this? Am I not doing that? Or how much am I doing? It's not, that's not acceptable. It's not going to benefit me. So we always teach people that everybody is in life by the choices they make. Our job is to put ourselves in a position to make better choices or to educate people on better choices. There are better choices. The Bible is always the best choice for life, for human life, for any life, for anything on this earth. God has given us the book of instruction that's good for doctrine, it's good for reproof, to correct us if we need it. It's good for us to have a foundation that we can build on. It's already been laid, the teachings of the prophets and the apostles. You know, that some have been fulfilled, some being fulfilled, even even as we're learning, we know there are others. So a lot is still being fulfilled. This is an age of learning. Uh, people are hungry for knowledge. Some people are hungry, don't know what they're hungry for. But we know that in the overall uh, process, people are hungry to know something. They want to know something better. And we have to be the ones, some of the ones, we're not the only ones to deliver uh, that message because we love the Lord. We have to teach God's people, but we have to learn ourselves before we can teach people. A lot of folks like to teach people without uh, building their own relationship with God. Uh, they feel like that's what it's about, telling people what to do. No, we, we, we be first the takers and we keep God's commandments and then we share them with others because we have that personal experience. We've been through, we've tested it, we've tried it. Now, you know, we can go and deliver it because we're speaking from a position of, of victory. We're speaking from a position of experience. And that's wisdom and knowledge, too. Amen. And so everything we lack, we ask God and he gives it to us liberally. And we get understanding of how it applies to my life. Now it becomes a doable task to apply to something someone else applied to their life. Teach them how to do it, which we're commanded anyway to teach God's word to God's people and testify by his son Jesus being the judge of the living and the dead as we read in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 42 and about. So let's get in here this morning again. Our subject this morning, School of Healing, is healthy and unhealthy choices have consequences. Yeah, that's that's good right there. Uh, do we choose to learn from our potential or from our failures? Uh, we know how we were created. We were created in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ over in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26. The King James Bible teaches us that. And we have been given everything that we need to be able to live this life the way God intended, to have dominion over everything out there except for each other. And we've been able to, you know, he's given us everything, seed, banners, everything we need. Uh, he's given it to us. Fish in the sea we should eat, the animals on the land we should eat. You know, the trees that bear fruit in the season, everything that we need to maintain that life where we can reproduce after our own kind uh, has been given to us all the way back in the book of Genesis. But, you know, like Israel, do we choose to learn from our potential or from our failures? Uh, a lot of what they learned was in captivity in Babylon. A lot of the remnant was there, Judah was there, Israel was there before they were divided to two kingdoms. The prophets were there, as we learned. Everything was, was taken into captivity. Everybody, everything. And I gave you a list of the prophets that went there. So their work continued, even though they were in captivity. So as, as we miss the mark sometimes, our work don't stop. It continues. We continue to get better. This is what we're going to do, working out our own salvation with fear and truth for the rest of our life. This is no one-time thing. This is no one choice. This is constantly making choices every day, uh, striving and aiming for that better quality of life. This is a building process. We're building a future. We're hoping to achieve a better future of optimal overall wellness. So it's not no one-time thing because January, you know, uh, back when we made the declaration and God mandated us, this is what we do every time, we, every chance we get. We keep building. We keep making choices. and. 
we educate ourselves so we can make better choices. So Israel, Israel had to learn the hard way. Some of us are learning the hard way. I learned some things the hard way, uh, you know, that, that brought some consequences. I still deal with them consequences today, but I don't beat myself up. I just say, hey, I've learned to do better. I'm going to do better, you know, and I reap the benefit. I reap the reward. And the thing about it is when God sees me trying to do it his way, choosing to do it his way, there is an added benefit. Okay. You got to still deal with the consequences. They may be for the rest of your life, but I thank God that I know now that even with, with the consequences, with the results of bad choices, Hey, his grace is sufficient for me. And I can still rather glory in my affliction that his grace might appear when I need it, you know, unmerited favor. And so do we choose to learn from our potential, which God created us to do, to be, and to have what he created us to be, do, and to have? But it's the lifestyle choices that got us in trouble, still gets us in trouble, and still keeps us in trouble, and create a whole lot of consequences that really we can't do without. But they do have consequences. Choices have consequences. We just want to be able to have the best outcome, best results, best consequences. And we got to educate ourselves to be able to do that. We got to bring everything in line with God's word, his instruction. Christ, I give it to you as a, as a book of instruction, you know, and righteousness, you know, reproof to tell you what you're doing wrong with your life, you know, correction, tell you how to, you don't have to beat yourself up, just look in the perfect love, live it and continue therein, educate yourself and say, hmm, man, I didn't know this. That's why he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge over in the book of Hosea chapter four, verse six of the King James Bible. That's not to beat anybody down. We just didn't know what we didn't know. You know, so now we know how to know what we need to know. And, and God, it pleases God, you know. So there, there's, there is no more perishing willingly, intentionally now that we just want to, you know. But, but the consequences that we've created, we still have God to help us deal with them and go through them and get beyond them and still carve out some type of better quality of life. And that's, that's what this, this virtual wellness center and, 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 and school of healing is all about is to put us in a position to make better choices, you know. And we'll say when it comes down to health, healthier choices. And that in, that's healthier choices in all those areas that we're targeting. And so we, we, we again, do we choose to learn from our potential or from our failures? Israel learned from her failures. We've learned some things through our failures. I ain't blame no devil back in 2003 when I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. It was choices I had made, and it brought some, some unpleasant consequences. But God allowed me to educate myself, my wife, and through her, her clinic down there, health health and wellness. They helped me to be able to manage my situation. That was a blessing from God. With his stripes, I was healed. But at the same time, I had a, you know, a responsibility, too, to find out what was going on, how do I manage it, what, what can I do to help myself. And I made a different choice because I was more informed about what I was up against. Uh, one of our current president's campaign theme was and remains saving the soul of our nation. You know, I broaden it and say, why not saving the soul of the world? You know, if one nation just gets saved, they got to contend with all the rest of the, the, the countries and nations out there, about 160 of them, different countries out, out there. And, but that was a pretty good campaign slogan. Let me add, Mr. President, what about the health and optimal overall wellness of our nation. I, I'm seeing every time now, look, turn on the news, and I'm seeing so many folks sick, getting sicker, and the environmental conditions are not adding to them getting better. It's adding to the things getting worse. Right now, you've got all this flood water. you got sewage all over the place, and it's nothing new. Some of the stuff had been cleaned up from the last situation we had like this, the last flood. You know, and it's like we don't pay a whole lot of attention to the environmental conditions out there. We say we do. We take the money that's given to us to improve bridges and improve waterways, and, you know, and, and ecosystem, ecosystem and all of that. But we don't do it. We shift the money around to do other things, our pet peeves and our pet projects. And it ends up creating an environment where you got malaria, you got mosquito bites, you got all kinds of stuff out there, unhealthy. And all of a sudden you get monkeypox, you get some other pandemic, some other uh, you know, fiction breaks out and, and now we got to react. We got to create some vaccine. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to take this to do this to fix this. And so it, it, it's to me, you know, I would like to add what about a healthy, optimal overall wellness of our nation? Health right now is being targeted while we play politics. 
while we shift money around to, to build this and build that and add to this and take this for your, your comp- campaign. Corruption, greed, you know, it's taking over. And they're just throwing money at the pharmaceuticals and they're just coming up with stuff and some of that stuff working, some of it don't, some of it helps and some of it don't. It's basically like an experiment, you know? And I, I feel like the, mo- the most important portion that we're missing out on is what did God say about this when they had these type of uh, breakouts back then? You know, they, they had they had stuff, they had uh, all kinds of stuff back then. You know, uh, Jesus came along and healed those all those various diseases. So if he could heal them back then, don't you think he could heal them now? And a lot of the folks back then didn't go to him until he started healing people. And they start flocking to him. You know, people start going to get their relatives, their family members. And since he have not changed, he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's going to be the same tomorrow. He he does not change. There is no variableness in him, no possibility that he's going to change. So if he was a healer in that day, he's a healer today. He's my healer today. I know he's some of y'all's healer today. He's going to be our healer all the way to the end, you know? And so I, I, I think we need to open ourselves back up to him and invite him who declares that I am the Lord your God that healed at thee. Now Israel forgot that. And God sent Moses to remind them over in the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 26, the King James Bible. Because boils and sickness and everything just came on them. But you have to remember what he said in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, chapter 6, 7, and 8. He said, hey, if you hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that I've commanded you to do this day, I would not cause any of these diseases that was in Egypt to come on you. You leave, you left Egypt. So guess what? Leave your concern, leave your habits, leave your 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 choices under the choice. Leave it back there. I'm taking you into a promised land that flows with milk and honey, a healthy place, a better place for your future. But if you don't, you know, verse 16 through 28, he said, But if you don't, all of these diseases will come on you. And they were bickering and remember complaining because as soon as they left, they started missing what was back there instead of forgetting it, you know. They started worrying about them failures, so they got right back into the rut of failure, failure. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, Prayer Line Live Christian Podcast. We would like to send a special thank you to Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Castbox, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, Player.fm Podcast, YouTube, and Google Podcast. These are platforms in which you can join in and listen to the message as it goes forth. We just want to thank God for allowing us to be able to share His good news. Uh, so. Please join us. And now, let us get back to the message. God bless. Instead of potential, potential, potential. You know, when God tells you something, it already is a done deal that he's going to bring it to pass. We have to believe it and trust it and take it to heart you know, and make choices based on that potential and not the failure that we 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 once committed, you know. And sometimes the way we think is also it's just like when he says if a man lusts after look on woman lusts after that he's committed adultery. Well he says so is a man thinking in his heart, so is he in the book of Proverbs chapter twenty three, verse seven, King James Bible. So it don't do no good for me to bring my body out of something, but my mind is worrying and stressing out about what I left, what I missed. You know, you know, I got to give all that up. Got to make change. It's for the better. It's for the better. So I would like to add that to to uh, what our president uh, ran on, uh, saving the soul of the nation. What about the health of the nation, the overall wellness and health and well-being of the nation? What about the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, the financial, the occupational, the environmental? A social wellness of the nation, sir. That's really what's wearing us out right now. And not just us in this nation. Every nation right now is going through basically the same thing. That list that I just went over. Some nations are suffering more for one of these than the other. And you can just see it. It just pops up every day. Boom, 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 boom. 
economically, physically, spiritually. Right now, there's such an attack, man, on all these mega churches, what they're doing right now. They're becoming more tolerable, not intolerable to a lot of things that are not in the Bible. Again, unhealthy choices, yield consequences. There's a lot of that going on right now in the church, in the pews, you know, in the Christian dome, in the body of Christ. And I'm not here to, you know, litigate that, but I'm just saying that's out there. I'm not trying to attack any of them. I'm attacking the issue. I leave the I leave the pundits who want to attack people. That's that's up to them. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because some of the choices I make bring consequences too. So I'm in the same boat they in. I still got to make choices every day. The better informed I am, the better choices I can make. If they were better informed, they make better choices. I ain't mad at them. I'm mad at what they do because it's hurting people. But I let God judge them. I let God critique. I let God deal with them. I'm just going to call out what what I see the the the, the choices. You know, and some of these choices are not good for the health of the nation. And so, uh, and I just gave you some areas that I that I wish they would really highlight and focus on instead of waiting to after the fact, Pastor. Now they want to do everything. What about being proactive? If people out there saying right now, if we would have considered this right here before, then guess what? We wouldn't be right now with 77 people dead. And now can't get to the people. They said, well, you should have thought about this. You should have thought about that. We should have learned a lot of lessons from before that we we could have implemented. But we went in and took away all the insurance that the people were getting before. Now that's the biggest issue right now. People having problems filing insurance claims. Well, we know leadership decided that was, that was too costly to the state and took away and drove a lot of the agents out of the state. And Florida's a big state. Now we're wishing that we would have waited a while. See, when you lean to your own understanding, make choices based on your own understanding and not on precedent, now you're jumping through the hoop trying to get all these insurance agencies to come back. And a lot of them are not going to come back. The only reason right now a lot of them have decided to come back and set up a marketplace is because the government is going to subsidize what they pay out, the claims they pay out. That's free money. That's taxpayers' money. Why give this to the insurance companies give it out and make charge interest and make money off of it? Why not just give it directly, spend a team of FEMA in there, assess what those people's damages are, losses are, and pay it directly to them. Set up a fund where they can go and, and, and take a check, listen to, hey, here's what I lost, my house, my car, my book, and my business, and just go directly to them. You got to go through the middleman insurance company. I know what it is. So you're going to get a kickback. When it's time for you to run, they're going to endorse you. We know what it is. We weren't born yesterday. So for all of our so-called God-fearing Christian believers out there, what our nation, what about our nation being divided against itself? Don't we think that's having a problem too? Some people afford this and some people afford that. A lot of times, most people afford what? they want, but not for what's better for the health of the nation or the soul of the nation, with spiritually, you know, with the environment. They're not about all of that. It's just about self-ambition, self-interest, and self-governance. Greed. You know, how I can just become a millionaire. How I can pursue my dream. But we're leading people. Or we're not leading people. All those choices have consequences. This is what we have, why we have 4,400 different denominations that are not supported by scripture. When you look at some of their, their platforms and you look at some of their bylaws and some of the things they stand for their vision, it's not based on scripture. It's based on tradition of men, whoever their founder was. And they may take a couple of scriptures and twist them and fit them into what that, that distorted idea that they had, but it's not supported by scripture. So when these things, catastrophic phenomena start happening, you don't see them, they say they're praying, but they're not praying scripture. They're praying selfish prayers. They're not praying a repentant prayer saying, God, forgive me if I sinned against you. When I look in the Bible, I see all of those great leaders. When they messed up, that's the first thing they said. David took the lead on it. Against the, the only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. And don't do that. They'll come out and say, we need your prayers or you're in our thoughts and prayers. That's as far as they go. You never hear them actually praying in open form or leading nobody out there 
You know, you got the mic, you got the platform. Don't just say keep them in your prayers and keep them in your thoughts and and and, and go move on to the next topic. Pause for a second. I'm not talking about no one minute of silence. I'm talking about really crying out. We know what the cause of a lot of this is. It's the cause of choices that somebody made, and it's causing a lot of people to hurt and to suffer. And so he says, you know, is there any wonder why we don't have more diseases than we have, more infirmities, more afflictions, more sickness, more illness, more pandemic and epidemic of all sorts? It's probably because there are some people who are praying. God is merciful. You know, he said one can put a thousand fight two ten thousand. That when two agree is asking anything of the Father on this earth, and we don't doubt, but believe in our heart, we shall have those things that we say. You know? And so the, 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 I believe that this is what's keeping the ship afloat. You know, some people say, well, that, we that rounded. I'm not going to get into all that. I, I, can, I can take you to task on the remnant that God's talking about in the Bible. You know, and it's not about that. It's about one person crying out to God. You know, John was one voice crying in the wilderness. Moses was one leader. All these people, they, but they, they stuck to the script. They stuck to the task. And God used them to get the word out. However, when we consider our holy Bibles, it is safe to say most Christians consider their Bible to be the book that only deals with religious matters and issues. What a missed opportunity and a tragedy and a shame that you only go to it when there's a religious issue. I say religious because that's what they call it now. They don't call it Christianity. They don't call it believers and Christ like that. They just say, you know, religion. What's your religion? Which is only two times mentioned in the Bible. And it's one of those that talks about what true religion is, which we are so far away from it when we use it in context. It talks about what true religion is. What you do for the widows, the poor, the needy, you know, that's true religion. And we got a lot of that right now. They call it religion, but it ain't true religion. Now, you got guys like Mr. Andreas and his world-feeding kids. They doing their thing. That, that's true religion in motion. People that are over there helping Ukraine, that's true religion. Folks that are doing things to help these migrants that have been bust out of, out of one place. But they call themselves, that's religion. The, the white evangelicals down there in Texas, supporting them, loading folks up and moving them to somebody else for them to worry about. That's not religion. That's not true religion. That's religion. That's your system that you set up to appease you. You know, to me, that's false religion. You know, that's just me now. I don't need nobody, you know, to, to jump on the bandwagon for me. That's just me. That's my observation. It says, but, but you know, we all have, have these Bibles and, and, and we only deal with, you know, with religious issues. No, no other need for the Bible when we miss these opportunities to, but, you know, to, to, to be used by God to help people, that's the tragedy, that's the shame. Not many sick so-called Christians refer to their Bible as a book that they can refer or confer to on any health issue, medicine, uh, naturally healthy foods and choices, herbs, herbal cures, or medical science issues. The reference for most is for materialism, accumulation of, of, you know, perishable things and financial prosperity, which perishes with us. It can be broken in and stolen. It can be eaten up by Martha Russ. That's, that's where the majority of people focus at when it comes down to the Bible. They would say, I'm going to this conference to get me a word. Mm. And you've got 66 books of word. But the Bible said the Bible, the word of God, is like a medicine to your flesh and marrow to your bones. Jeremiah said, thy words were found in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 16, the King James Bible, and I did eat them. And they became joy and rejoicing to my, my, to my spirit, to my soul, to my mind, to my life, to my body. You know, God said, I sent my word, the book of Psalms, chapter 107, verse 20, King James Bible, to heal thy disease and to rescue you from destruction. But see, it's at the entrance of thy word that it giveth life. Book of Psalms, chapter 119, one day, verse 111. And then he tells you what to do with the word. Hide it in your heart that you will not sin against God. What kind of sin, Lord? Unhealthy choices. 
you know, that leave unhealthy consequences. But most time I say people only reference the Bible and come down to something material, something in the, give me a scripture, you know. Some some of folks want to go play lottery. Give me a give me a number out the Bible. You know, accumulation of perishable things, the financial prosperity, which is taken over out there. Prosperity gospel. It's all about the money. Nothing else. And it's not about money for everybody. It's about money for the for the mega leader, the aggressive beggar that can twist it and, and could tell it and make it sound so, so good. Those, to me, are your false prophets, your false teachers. Because eventually when, when, when things go bad, they'll come out and tell you they were wrong. Never repent to God, but they'll just tell you and play on your sympathy. And you know, I've been with y'all a long time. Y'all ain't gonna throw them on the bus. That's, that's fine too. But we're not gonna hold them accountable either. So the stain still remains. The damage is still done. The consequences are what they are. And you have to live with the consequences. And if you don't hold people accountable and responsible for the mess they made, it'll happen again and again. Now that's insanity. Right? But let's go to the first. Um, however, history remains those of us who care to know that when God bought his chosen people, Israel, out of captivity in Egypt, listen to this quote, he provided them with laws, with ordinances, with rules, with principles, commandments, and statutes that if obeyed, they could have a relationship with him and enjoy his blessings above any other people on earth at the time given. That's according to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 14 of King James Bible. This ain't Pastor Lester making this stuff up. It reads this, and quote, it says, But thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee. We didn't choose him. He chose us. They're like he chose them. That's how God do things. He chooses you, picks you out, consecrates you, separates you. Thee to be a special people unto himself, number one, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And when God saves you, it's for a greater purpose than self, self-interest, okay? He chose us. We didn't choose. He picked us out for himself. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondsmen in Egypt from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore, know therefore, know therefore, learn this, educate yourself on this, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments. Now that's powerful because we've been trying to get ourselves to see that the first labor is to love God and then keep his commandments. A lot of folks try to do it the, the opposite, keep the commandments without loving God. Mm-hmm. You know, but he says here, all the way back then, this is a lesson. It hasn't changed, so we don't change it. With them that love him and keep his commandments, to a thousand generations and repays them that hate him to their faith, to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hated him. He will repay him to his faith. For all these folks out here doing stuff against God, the least of God's people, and failing to honor God and their positions of authority when they have the power and the perseverance to do it, they still gonna have to deal with God. Thou, he said, you do it unto me if you do it to the least of them. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandment and the statutes and the judgment which I command thee this day to do them. Not just talk about them, preach about them, and beat people down with them and condemn people with them, but do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to them, to, uh, to these judgments, 
and keep and do them that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers, and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and thy oil, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep and the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee, it is not all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee, thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shall thou serve their God, that's a little G there, for that will be a snare unto thee. So don't put no confidence in man. Don't put a whole lot of confidence in the systems of this world. They are failing us left and right. Use them, but don't use them like a God. Don't use them to do things that they can't do. We have to always take the impossible things with man to God. We should always start with God anyway. Let God guide and direct us where we should go. Sometimes people don't pray about nothing. They just go. They just go. And then afterwards, when they get the bad report, now they want everybody to pray for them. Now they want everybody to pray for them. When we should be preparing ourselves every day for the for the, the worst of things that can happen just like we do for the best of things. And a lot of times that's what we do. We get stuck in the rut just thinking about all the good, 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 and we don't warn about the bad, bad, bad. These consequences are here just as real as all of the blessings. But we just want to have this pretty gospel. This pretty it's gospel is great. I love it. But it also warns you. It also states what consequences are too. Judgment, you know. God gave these laws to them not to break them and violate them because he saw what was happening in their future. He's the Alpha and the Omega. <clears throat> he knew that if their minds don't get renewed, they're going to drag all that old wisdom, all that old experience right on over into the promised land, which they did. But the Lord had given Moses laws and rules and ordinances and statutes and judgment to, to, to govern them going in. And they blew it big time. That's in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6 through 16, the King James Bible. Now the laws and commandments that God gave Moses to warn and to instruct and to give and teach his people were very simple, basic stuff. And fundamental health laws included to their benefit. Wasn't it hurt them, Pastor? It was to their benefit. You know, over in the book of Psalms, chapter 103, Verses 1 through 7, the King James Bible, and we, I love to pray this scripture sometimes when people ask for prayer. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Listen now, and forget not all of his benefits. No sooner than they got out of Egypt, they forgot all about the benefits. They forgot all about what God had told Moses to tell them. They wanted to know. He went to them first and told them what I am that I am failed. Then all of them, an entourage, went to Pharaoh as witnesses with Moses, had some backup, and told Pharaoh what the Lord said. Now, it's amazing to me that God told Moses, don't worry about Pharaoh. I'm going to harden his heart into submission until he give up. But the people all took heed to that and let their heart be hardened too and give up. But now they wanted to still bicker, still murmur, still complain, even though God is showing them now how he's hardening Pharaoh's heart, even though he done told Moses, instruct them, warn them, tell them exactly what I'm going to do. My God wasn't trying to hide nothing from them. He was trying to let them see and demonstrate his power and, and so that when these sicknesses and the, the fear of these sicknesses would show up, they would turn to him and trust him. Not freak out and start complaining to Moses, complaining to man, but turn to God. 
and say, God, they told Moses, you don't bother die here to die. No, God didn't bring you out there to die. God brought you out there to show you that he's a God of his word. And, you know, when you get a diagnosis, when you say, guess what? God ain't trying to kill you. He's trying to heal you. And why would he be trying to heal you? To show you that I am the Lord, your God, that healeth thee. I'm the one that makes experiences sweet. When we had COVID, yes, eventually we went and got sent to the doctor. But guess what? We was in here crying out to God. And the power of God showed up. Guess what? We, we had confidence because they showed up before. Showed up in 2003. Showed up in 2015. Every time there's been a sickness, God showed up as a healer and made our bitter experience sweet. Showed up as a good shepherd. Caused us to really lay down in green pastures. We're talking spiritual thought. Now, you could go to places spiritual that you couldn't go to physical. You could be with God in his presence without having to go to a physical place. And that's what he said. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy and presence at his right hand forevermore. There he commands life, the life of blessings forevermore. And so we have to learn to go to that place. The name of the Lord is that strong tower. The righteous run into it and there is faith. You're safe from sickness. You're safe from these things killing you, destroying you. He said, look, I have called heaven and earth today to witness against you. That's in the book of Deuteronomy 2. More instruction to that. More warning to that. Chapter 30, verse 19 of the King James Bible in the book of Deuteronomy. He said, I have called heaven and earth today to witness against you. He's talking to his own people. Because they were bickering, murmuring, and complaining. Mine still back there in Egypt. To witness against you because you're not taking heed to what I told you. You're not hearkening to it. So if it's not if it's not for you, it's gonna be against you. It's gonna be a stumbling block to you. I didn't give it to you to be a stumbling block. I wanted it to be a stumbling block for Egypt, who had you in bondage, but I wanted it to be a stepping stone for you, stepping into a better future, a better life, a promised land, flowing with milk and honey. To witness against you that I have set before you life and death. Now choose ye life. Get up out of here, choose life. Don't choose death. Take heed to the warning and do something about it. He says, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquity, who, who, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint if we wait on the Lord. Don't, don't panic. Don't stress out. Wait on the Lord. But as you're waiting, it don't mean sit somewhere in the corner and feel sorry for yourself. It means wait on the Lord by reminding him of what he said until it comes to pass. It will manifest. We know it. It says the Lord executed righteousness and judgment for all that oppressed, he make, made known his ways unto Moses, unto Moses, his act unto the children of Israel. This is where David pulled this from. He saw what God had done with his forefathers. He knew what happened in the, in the proper time of provocation. <clears throat> and he letting them know, wait a minute, we got history here that we can draw from. We got precedent here that we can draw from. There are consequences our choices. So we want to make the best choices we can, the healthy choices, not the unhealthy choices, because there's consequences. Look at what happened to the children of Israel when they didn't take heed to the warning. That's in the book of Psalms, chapter 103, verses 1 through 7 of King James Bible. It means uh, to uh, when we start talking about you know, remembering these things uh, that God had, had, had said, it means to remember his benefits. Okay, verse two there. That's what it's talking about. Uh, what what happens is people have so much ingratitude toward God, okay, and they don't let this this uh, knowledge or this wisdom of what God has said they let it they let it prevail around them like like outward, but they don't let it prevail in their heart in their souls. This is why David said, "I got to hide it, dear Lord." He said, "Cause me to know this 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 truth in my in my in my in my inward parts." but wisdom in my innermost being. David wanted to go deep, you know. He wanted it to prevail in his soul as a sinner. 
you know. But the but the psalm described here is it speaks about a converted soul. And if a soul has been converted, it won't forget the benefits. Okay. But the soul that has a new life in it, uh, it has gratitude for salvation. Okay. Uh so what this psalm here is doing is 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 saying that hey, we the, the work of God is in view here. I didn't say myself that term. I can't hear myself. So I always got to keep, we say, fix, keep our eyes fixed on him. Well, not just saying fixed on him because of Resurrection Sunday, but we're talking about fixed on him as my healer, as my deliverer, as my friend, as my God, as a holy God, as one that loved me, never stopped loving me. You know, I can turn to him. That's the view we got to have because when I look at him, I'm looking at him in terms of the gift of his son that he gave me as my healer, as my my Jehovah Rapha, my healer, the one that healed all of my disease, the one who became sin for me, hung on a tree, who redeemed me from the curse of the law. Every sickness that he's talking about was a curse of the law because they violated it. If God said it, that was a law. And they violated those laws. They didn't keep those laws, those commandments. Those same thing today. Those choices, they're either healthy or unhealthy, and they leave consequence, they leave stain, they leave devastation, destruction, frustration, sickness, disease, pandemic, epidemic, division, all the whole lot of problems, you know? And so what he's saying is he gave us his son to be our healer. He sent the incarnated word of God made flesh dwelling among us. When David wrote that psalm in the book of Psalm chapter 107, verse 20, King James Bible, he said, you sent your word. He's talking about Jesus, the living word. Because he went about healing all men of diseases. Didn't leave nobody. I mean, he healed all of them. Didn't care what it was, hemorrhaging, blindness, leprosy. He healed all of them, made them whole. And the one thing he told them, Pastor, not go and sin no more, number one. And then he turned around and prayed for the Father to keep them that he had given to them as a result of what he did. And then he turned around and said, and help their doubting unbelief. Those are some areas right there that people struggle in. So I'm going to give you um, uh, one more here, a couple more here, and then we're going we're gonna to close for the day. Blessed be the Lord who daily loaded us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. That's in the book of Psalm chapter 6, day, verse 19, the King James Bible. Daily loaded up. And David said, Selah at the end. We know what Selah means. Ponder, pause, and think about it. A lot of times we don't think about it long enough to get our mind fixed on it, get it fixated, get, get, get it in our inner man. But we can hold on to it in our soulless frame. That's what David was talking about and in, in what I read just a minute ago. And so my scripture text today, uh, which I probably should have gave it to you up front, you heard me throughout this lesson this morning. I'm going to just give it to you and then we finish. It's in the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 25, and verse 26 of the King James Bible, as I close. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he has trampled gloriously over all these things we're dealing with. God has already got the victory over them, and we should always do things from a position of victory. It says, The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. So our worst worries, God already took our enemies. That's why we can... We can take the victory that the Lord has given us according to the book of First Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 57, the King James Bible says, thanks be unto God who's given us the victory. This is the victory. That he wants them to remind Miriam, Moses, sister, Aaron, his brother, that he's telling them, they were telling Moses, remind them, Moses, what God told you. You know, remind them, Pastor, what God told you. So Moses bought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Sur, of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. God sets up conditions to get you to trust him. You know, he wants you to drink from what he has. Prove that at the, in, in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 24, King James Bible, with the woman at the well. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, but they were bitter. Okay, God has a cure and an antidote for bitterness. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara, okay, place of bitterness. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, look, look at this now. They wouldn't dare murmur against God. They murmured against Moses. You know, them people weren't crazy. They had good sense. We have to have good sense when it comes down to separating people, what people do and what God can do. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? 
and he cried unto the Lord. Moses didn't argue with them. He cried to the Lord, and the who can answer these type of questions. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance. God always do things by statute, ordinance, laws, principles. He's governed by by his his decrees. This is why we declare them because they've already been decreed. We don't need to decree nothing. God already decreed all of it. And we. Do that which is right in his sight and will give ears to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, but I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, the three score and ten palm trees. And they encamped there by the waters, by the waters. All you have to do is trust God. He's got a place already prepared for you. He's got blessings already prepared for us. And even when it looks bitter on the surface, God will turn around and make it sweet. He has the power and authority to do that. And so we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God, for what we've learned this morning. We thank and praise you, Lord God, because of choices that we cannot afford not to make God because they leave consequences. And we want to be able to make well-informed, healthy choices and not unhealthy choices. And we say unhealthy, Father. We're talking about every area that we're studying right now. Unhealthy choices and finances don't do us any good. Emotion don't do us any good. Environment don't do us any good. And social don't do us any good because they leave unbearable consequences. Sometimes destruction and death follow. So as we look to you today, we thank you, Lord God, for shedding this light on us. We thank and praise you for this knowledge that we have gained this morning. Now, Lord, we pray that we be able to put it in practical application as we go forward, Lord God. Not just to be perfect, God, and do everything right, but to be mature in our understanding of what's required of you based on your laws, your commandments, your ordinances, your statutes, God, that have been given to us from the foundation, God, from the very beginning. As you were with your people and with Moses, so be with us as we go forward to build this future about some overall wellness. Because in Jesus' name, we pray that this word will help somebody out there not as faced with choices, two opinions, that they may carve out for themselves a better future. Because in Jesus' name, we offer this prayer to God above. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm.